Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to today's episode of Uncaked Heroes. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us. We hope you sit back, relax, and leave inspired by yet another amazing individual we're going to get to meet today. My name is Stacey Johnston. Honored to be here with you. And equally as honored, as always, to sit alongside my co-host, Kathy Collins. Kathy, how are you today? I'm about to go on strike against the heat. But otherwise, huh. I'm good. How are you? Oh, no. I'm really good. I, I don't think they're quite as hot as you. I know I talked to my husband earlier, and it was 105 where he was. How about you? 10, 105. You know, that's crazy hot, right? <laughs> so how about the blessing of the fact that we get to sit in the comfort of our homes under your conditioning and travel all the way to Maryland right quick? Serious. It's amazing, the power of uh, of these these phones. I was going to jump in and say that if you would just visit me in person for this interview, you could have some lovely summer weather. It's like 79 in the shade, lovely here in Maryland. It's usually hotter, but we have some nice weather this week. <laughs> well, thank you for jumping in with that invitation. Let's just bring you in, ladies and gentlemen. Benjamin, how are you today, sir? <laughs> I'm good, not just because the weather's nice, but glad to be here and, and having a good conversation with the two of you and all of your listeners. Let's do it. Let's kick it off. How about you tell us who is Ben, what do you do, how come you do that, and how can people connect with you? Sure. So my, uh, professionally, I go by Benjamin Kintish, but once you get to know me, you can call me Ben. Um, right now, my main job, I work at Friends Community School in Maryland, not far from the big college park, University of Maryland campus. I teach elementary school music there to kids K-4. to um, that's not the main reason I'm here today. I'm here in the other role, or in an other role, which is as the creator of a new musical comedy called Life Review, the Hospice Musical. And that, uh, we have a website, lifereviewmusical.com, L-I-F-E-R-E-V-I-E-W, musical.com, and we're on Instagram, at Life Review Musical. Uh, it's a musical comedy uh, that was inspired by my real-life experiences working as a chaplain in hospice care. And I wanted to talk a little bit about chaplaincy as a real-life superhero kind of thing today. You know, I think that is so fascinating. I love that you provide that service and that you have that that passion for it. Both of my parents have just been put into hospice in the last 30 days. And so as I'm I'm learning to walk that journey, no. Yeah, no, I'm much I appreciate what you're probably just listening to say. So um, thank you for what you do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. How are you dealing? I mean, before we move on to me, what you mentioned in passing is some heavy stuff. How are you handling that? You know, one day at a time. Um, we had a pretty negative experience with hospice with my father-in-law in the last year, and so I'm hoping that this is going to be a way better experience this time around. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I know that the program is you know, constructed to be a beautiful thing, but it's about who operates it, right? Yeah. Um, and so sure. it is a journey. It is a journey all its own. And um, I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate the passion that you have for it. Yeah, I, yeah. A great nice. deal. So tell us about your program and how people can connect. Say, say that again, please. I said, tell us, about your, tell us about your program. Tell us about your musical. How can we watch it? Share it with oh, us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the musical itself it's a musical comedy, and uh, as I mentioned, it was inspired by my experiences working hospice. So I was a beginner chaplain 
And one of the things the chaplains do is they visit room to room to provide spiritual care uh, and company for the individuals in each in, in the facility. So I was doing these rounds as part of my training as a beginner chaplain, and I was hearing these wonderful stories. Uh, it turns out there's a technique called life review, which is, of course, the, the title of the musical. I borrowed that term. So the technique life review involves a structured interview where you have a conversation with individuals to help them reflect on their life. Um, so I was doing these interviews, going room to room, and, and of course, the, the interview would yield these amazing stories and exchanges that were just so beautiful and in many cases very moving. Well, one night I came home driving and called my wife. I said, honey, I think these stories I'm hearing, these stories want to be songs. And she said, okay, get writing. So that night I, uh, I found one of those composition journal books in my house and I started scribbling out what would become one of the first ballads for the show. And um, that, was, that was the beginning nearly 10 years ago. And uh, since then, um, I continued to write songs, share them with people. Soon thereafter, I, I, I'm better at words than music, so I found a couple of composers along the way to help me, the very talented Jason Spiewak of New Jersey and Michael Miller of New York. You'll get to hear some of their music if you check out the website um, because there's a great... Uh, film clip or, or trailer of the musical uh, right when you log into the website and you can see some nice footage of a live performance that we put on uh, right before the COVID shutdown. So that's the big picture about the play. Um, and I'll tell you, it's, um, it is surprisingly funny. It is uplifting and inspirational. And of course, there are moments of sadness and loss too, because that's part of, um, that's part of, living in and working in uh, the, the hospice world, right? That we have the great joy and pleasure of serving people in their time of need, individuals uh, in medical need and, of course, their loved ones. And, um, you know, hospice is also a, a place and time where some really moving exchanges can happen. Um, again, when it happens... In, in the best way possible. Um, I heard you mention before that your experience wasn't ideal, and I'm sorry to hear that. Um, what I put on stage is something of an idealized version or fictionalized version of hospice care. You know, I like to joke that in real life, hospice patients don't leap out of bed and do jazz hands for a musical number. In my play, they can if I want them to because that's the power of musical theater. Uh, and, and in the course of the play, I actually lean on that technique uh, for you musical fans in the audience. Um, I say it's like chorus line meets a fiddler on the roof, uh, but in a hospice. So chorus line in that we have songs that uh, illustrate people's uh, character and their almost like soliloquies uh, or their stories in, in a song. And like... Fiddler on the Roof, because it is a, a play while accessible to anyone. The main character is a rabbi, a Jewish character, and he does a good amount of God wrestling, looking at the heavens and talking to God in the same way that Tevye famously did throughout the Fiddler on the Roof play. Now, so those are two influences, and um, I, I, 
you, you wanted to know about how they can see it, folks can see some clips on the website. And um, also, I should say that I am looking for uh, new venues for the new year, the next 12, 18 months. So if people are really taken with the project, they can get in touch via the website and talk with me about coming into town to present the one-man show. To perform, I'm able to perform virtually online, and I've done over 10 performances around the United States, actually around the world, through the computer, um, including for cultural institutions, for professional conferences, uh, for medical facilities. Um, people have found this to be a great work um, for a, a training as well as just a, an entertainment. So lots of different ways to engage with the work, and I encourage your listeners to be in touch, and we can see about how to make it happen. I think that's beautiful. You know, and as, as somebody who uses humor to deal with grief, I appreciate that take on it. Well, absolutely. People are surprised to hear how much we laugh in and out of hospice. Uh, but, you know, life is funny, even at the end of life. Um, and, um, you know, the, it's, people are, are frequently surprised to hear me recollect my time as a, as a trainee intern, um, sort of skipping in and out of the building. Um, a lot of people assume that it's just depressing and, and nothing but tears. But it turns out, for me, it, it can often be a life-affirming experience because of the outpouring of love among the staff and among the, um, the next of kin, uh, friends and family of, of, of patients, right? They, when, when the timing works right, when people have some time in hospice, um, it allows for people to gather and to reconnect, uh, maybe to repair what has been broken. Um, and whenever I was able to help with that in my role as chaplain, um, that was a beautiful experience. So let me ask you a question. Throughout Please. all of these experiences and these people that you have met, is there a, is there a certain individual or, um, you know, somebody in your life who you would define as your hero? Uh, sure, yeah. That, like hero, my, my role model? For how I've lived? Your hero. My hero, yeah, that's an easy one. Um, His name is Bert Hughes. Um, I used to know him as Mr. Hughes when he was my music teacher in high school. And then in that funny thing that happens, if you stay in touch with teachers, they go from teachers to friends when you're both grown-ups. So we stayed in touch when I went to college, and I was a very involved young musician, singer, and instrumentalist. So I got to know him well as my teacher, but what made him my hero was that Bert, Mr. Hughes, um, is a, was and remains a real humanitarian in every sense of the word. In addition to being a musician, he ran a couple of concert series in our community providing you know, lively music for free in the summer, which is something wonderful that he did. He was the head of the anti-homelessness Hunger and Homelessness Club, of which I was a proud member, and we did some trips into New York City, which is where I, you know, I grew up near New York City. So if you want to go impact homelessness, you go into Manhattan. And so we would go in and be in these vans and give out food and blankets to individuals living on the streets. 
And um, boy, was that exciting and impactful as a as a kid, only 15, 16 years old, to stay up all night driving around Manhattan. It was exciting. Um, and it was also memorable to meet these individuals and get a chance to chat over the warm soup or coffee that we gave them. Um, and so the heroism there wasn't just the fact that Bert used his talents um, to entertain and also to make a difference. He was always hustling to get more people involved in community activities. In fact, to this day, he's now retired. He's the busiest retired guy I know. You know, <laughs> you know the type, perhaps, uh, where they stop, but they don't stop. So he runs a, a, a free breakfast program for hungry people in Rockland County, where he still lives. And he continues to gig, and he continues to give lessons. So just a, a wonderful role model for how he cares deeply about community and how he uses his talents to bring love and um, work towards social justice. Um, I, I didn't cover all of his areas of charitable work because I know this is a timed interview, but let's just say he does a lot of good work with his energies, and that inspires me. I love it. I love the concept and the definitions we give for heroes. Right? They are so many times, you know, we, we, I think we have this situation that we're going to hear about these corner office people and you know, it's not a superhero guy. It's ordinary people that do extraordinary things in our lives. And it's just so humbling to hear this story. So thank you for sharing your teacher with us. What a great man and a great inspiration that you've had him in your life. Absolutely. Let me ask you a second question. Ben, if you could go Please? back and talk to 20-year-old you, what would be your advice? 20-year-old me? Oh, boy. Um... One, I'd say be a little bit more careful taking care of your body. <laughs> As a 20-year-old, I suffered from that malady that a lot of um, young men suffer from, which is indestructibility. And uh, that, that condition ended when I hit the ground unceremoniously in a, uh, in a college stunt done, gone wrong. And to this day, though I'm in my early 40s, I suffer from a lot of chronic pain resulting from that accident. So I would have told myself, don't do that dumb nonsense. But more broadly, like, um, I'm a relatively healthy guy, um, but also have echoes of some less healthy choices I made as a younger man. So that would be, that would be some advice I would want to do. The other thing would be in a more positive or a different direction. Just, I always loved music and, at different points in my life, I've had more or less comfort pursuing that as a dream. Now I'm, you know, making a living as a music teacher and pursuing the dream of the play on the side. Um, but I think when I was younger, um, I didn't always take seriously my musical pursuits. I was really hardworking in high school, and then I kind of petered off my effort. So if I if I'd put in a little more effort as a 20-something in my singing and guitar and piano. Wow, I'd be a whiz now. But, you know, I'm, I'm still working at it, so it's okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I, I love the advice that we would go back and tell ourselves, right, when we've lived a little bit of hindsight. Yes. That's a fun question. Go back and talk to ourselves. Absolutely. Guys, how about you? Where do they take you? I always think it's, I like this question because people 
people's advice for their their younger selves in a roundabout way, you know, no matter what walk of life we're from or the paths that we have chosen or the people that we have been around, no matter the situation, our advice is usually pretty similar, right? And it's it's always it's a humbling response for me because I hope, and I hope it does it for our listeners too, it makes people feel like maybe they're not quite alone, right? Maybe they're not the only ones that felt like that or feel like that. Okay. I agree. Especially for our younger ones. Yeah, there's a reason why that Rod Stewart song is so wise. I wish that I knew what I knew now when I was younger. Have you ever had a guest sing that after being asked your question? No, you're a first. Nope, that is perfect. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, and I hope I didn't sing so much that the Stewart family is going to come after you. I think if you just sing an a cappella, you don't have to pay royalties. You're safe. It's your fortune. I'll let you all do all that singing. Strictly inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's ask you one more question. If you had a one last herb wisdom for the world, what would it be? What does your T-shirt say, Ben? My T-shirt? Ooh. Um, how about... Tell me your story. I mean, that's one of the big... Uh, messages from the musical, um, the big aha moment for our hero, the young chaplain, is when he learns how to ask the right questions that invite the stories. Um, and then those stories propel our, our play forward and give us chances to connect with and get close to, get to know uh, these different individuals who are in hospice and their loved ones. Um, in right. real life, when we, I mean, this is sort of a chaplaincy kind of technique. The, the phrase, you could say, tell me more as a follow-up to tell me your story. Maybe tell me your story goes on the front and tell me more goes on the back of the T-shirt. Um, but I, I invite the listeners, um, this is sort of chaplaincy 101, that you ask a question and then, despite your urges to the contrary, be quiet. Don't immediately think of the, your story that matches their story, especially if you're talking about something heavy. You know, we can all get into a back-and-forth chit-chat that's light and breezy, but when we're talking about heavy stuff, serious stuff, painful stuff, heart stuff, um, it's important to engage with the person you're, you're talking to, invite a question, and then answer by breathing. Let them speak. Give them a pause. And then see what happens when instead of responding, you say, tell me more. You're going to open up conversations to a deeper and more profound level than you've ever experienced. And that can be useful as a technique to try with your own loved ones, but certainly as well, you know, I'm always on the, um, on the soapbox reminding people to visit their loved ones. This is the chaplaincy piece and the hospice piece. So if you have loved ones, give them a visit. Uh, that rather, if you have loved ones in a in a facility, a nursing home, a hospital, whatever, give them a visit, call them, text them, and then try this technique: talk and then be quiet. Invite more answers. Um, 
you'll you'll uh, you'll find some some beautiful things. I love that. Me too. Ben, thank you so very much for joining us today, for sharing your wisdom, and I really like to tell your story. And again, you are I, unique. We've had 498 statements of what would you put on your T-shirt, and not one person has repeated someone else. It's the most oh. beautiful thing ever. Love it. So thank you. 498 T-shirts, and they're all different. You should uh, consider printing them and putting them on your web store. I bet you. Yep. You'd have good Absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. So beautiful. And I know that I could keep having this conversation. We are going to have to find a place to wind down uh, with respect to you and your time and with respect to our listeners. So I would love to everyone to remember they were always brought to you by the Guided by Grace and Enlighten Up if we can serve you in some way. If you want to have a conversation with us, if you want to share your story, please reach out to us at HeroBuilder2020 at gmail.com. Ben, I'm going to tell you thank you so very much for your time, for your transparency, and for the space you provide and the passion you have for what you do and the people that you touch. Kathy, how would you like to leave our audience today? You know, I would like to leave with a challenge. And I'm going to lead with, I'm going to leave with the challenge of call your loved ones, right? Go visit them. Go talk to them. Send a text. Just show up one day. Because it makes a difference. It does, in fact, make a difference. I love your challenges, Cass. Benjamin, we will be honored if you take the stage and close out our show for us. How would you like to leave our audience today? Well, I want to I thank everyone for listening. And, um, and uh, I'll, I'll just say I, I wish you all blessings and love as you travel on your journey. And I hope to hear from some of you soon. <laughs>